Welcome to the Designer Boss Podcast. Listen, learn, lol, and level up with the ultimate success guide for web and graphic designers. My name is Anna Dower. I'm a cake-loving, success-slaying graphic design mentor. And I'm Emma Kate, your personal sensei for mastering the wonderful world of web. Together, we'll show you how to harness our tried and tested experiences and hard-earned lessons while you soak up everything we know about building a successful design business. I'm more than a little excited to be joined today by a very special guest who also happens to be one of the incredible experts speaking at our upcoming Designer Boss Summit. I've been a fan of Mr. Josh Hall for a few years now, but it was only last year that I discovered we actually have more in common than I first realized. Like me, he's a graphic designer turned web designer. We've both been working for ourselves for about 10 years now. And we also started out in our 20s while working from home at our parents' place. And of course, we've both recently made the switch to sharing what we know and teaching other designers the ins and outs of running a successful web design business. Josh is a web mentor, Divi expert, e-course boss, podcast host, and recently launched the Josh Hall Web Design Club membership that I'm lucky enough to be a member of, and it's freaking awesome. So, Josh, say hi and let everyone know what we're going to be chatting about today. Well, hey, everybody. It's good to be here. And Emma, thanks so much for having me on. I feel honored to be uh, an early interviewee for your podcast because I remember last year we we were talking and I was like, Emma, you need a podcast. So it's (laughs) super cool for me to see you launch this thing. And I've caught several episodes, so I'm pumped for you and I'm excited to be on. Thank you. Thank you. No, yeah, you definitely were a huge inspiration behind me getting this off the ground. Well, Josh and I today, we're going to talk about working from home and that whole elusive home work-life balance and the tips that sort of we've, uh, tips and also mistakes, I guess, that we've had over the years of working from home. Because like I said, we've been both working from home for about 10 years now. Um, And uh, Josh especially has gone through a lot of different phases of life while working from home, um, being, I think, a single bachelor initially, and then being in a couple and then having children and all that. So there's lots of different um, phases of life that uh, make working from home a little bit more challenging at times. So we're just going to run through sort of tips and advice that we have for those of you that are working from home or looking at working from home in the future. It's interesting that you mentioned that, Emma, because as I was thinking about doing this interview with you, I, I did realize I've been, let's see, coming in uh, March 2021, I'll have been a freelancer for 12 years. So technically I've been working from home for almost that time. So for well over a decade. And it has been, like you said, through all those seasons of life. So I started, I was living in my dad's basement, working from home. And then eventually you know, I met my wife and then she was my girlfriend and then eventually engaged, got an apartment. And then she moved in when we got married. And so, you know, I was used to working from home with her as we were newly married. And then we got a house and then we started having kids. So it's been interesting to see the progression of how to work from home in these different seasons of life. So I I think definitely what we'll talk about will apply to any one of those. It just might depend on your situation. Like it's a lot easier to work from home in some ways when you don't have kids and distractions. However, it can be more lonely when you work from home without 
family around because it's just you and you're aching to get some interaction. So, um, so yeah, I'll just, I mean, I've got some points if you want me to start through a memo as far as some things that have really helped me, I'm happy to, to dive into. Yeah, shoot. I think one thing that I have found to be really helpful through all of the seasons is to have some sort of schedule for work hours. And this can fluctuate, like it definitely depends on the season of life or what your week looks like or what your month looks like. And it, it also depends on your projects. If you have a lot of projects that you need to get done, you might work a little more. But if you're in a season or a phase where you can back off a little bit, that's cool too. That's one reason I love working from home. It's not about more hours, it's about better hours. So, but setting some sort of schedule that you can stick to fairly regularly is huge. So when I was single and when I didn't have a family, it was a little easier, like I said, because I could work uh, a Mm -hmm. nine to four or or even like an eight to three or whatever it would be. Um, But more recently, I've learned the power of work segments and time blocks. So having these blocks where like, I'm going to take two hours and I'm just going to work. I'm going to turn off my notifications. I'm going to be distraction free. I'm just going to do this task, particularly for somebody like myself who does a lot of different type of work, whether it's podcast or tutorials or course or getting in my membership or email, whatever, I need to make sure that I have a goal. So having that segment has been really huge. And I, call, I just call them like work blocks or time blocks. No, that's a great point. That's something that I've only recently started doing probably in the last couple of years too, is sort of setting blocks of time to work on different projects or different types of things in my business, whether that's going in my Facebook group or working on my newsletter or blog post or whatever, like having set times during the day or during the week to put them in. And I find it's really helped me. I think as I get older, a lot of women say baby brain just makes your brain turn to mush. I feel like it's 30 year old brain. I swear the second I turn 30, like my brain just doesn't like function as sharply as it used to. And having those time blocks really um, just helps me like laser focus on a specific task and get that done rather than uh, dividing my time between a whole bunch of different things. So, And you um, find out it's way more effective than an eight-hour workday. Like mm. if you talk to anybody in the corporate world, if you ask them how many hours they're actually working in a day, it's probably like three hours. So that's the beauty about freelancing is like a lot. I, I never work eight hours a day, but I do do these work, work segments and time blocks to where I, I'll work for two, two and a half hours, one block, and then I'll hang out, have lunch with my family, take my dog for a walk, and then have another hour block or hour and a half block, then take another break in the afternoon, the evening, and maybe I'll hop on in the evening after the girls go to bed for a half an hour just to check on some messages. You know, I'm a little more lax like that now as opposed to sticking to an exact, you know, 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. or whatever. And again, it just depends on season of life. My girls right now are two and one, so they're not in school yet. So they're home. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me. to. I, there's no way I could do an eight-hour day right now. Uh, it has to kind of be this situation. But when they go to school, eventually, it might be a little different. Uh, but either way, that idea of the work blocks, I just feel it really lends itself to living a lifestyle you love because you can play in your tasks around that. And you talked about the baby brain kind of thing. I mean, it's interesting with kids some days I feel like that to where I just, I like, I'm just completely jumbled because there's just so much going on. But then there's other times where I just love kind of getting a break and going into my office and working on something for an hour where I'm like insanely productive. Well, I think that's, um, 
a good segue to the next point that I have, which was figuring out what really works for you. Um, a lot of the stuff that we um, will talk about today or that you'll, I guess, read about in um, anything, blog posts or whatever about work-life balance, um, everyone's a little bit different. And also you have these different phases of life. So you've got to work out what uh, works for you and your situation. Um, and also I think um, always keep in mind you know, there's pros and cons from working from home. So don't sacrifice on those pros. I know a lot of the time, I like when I was sort of first starting out, I would think, no, I have to work like nine to five. I have to be like at my desk at least by nine so that I can like answer the phone or get back to emails right away or whatever. Otherwise I felt unprofessional. And I think like that's just completely unnecessary I think clients unless you know it depends on your job and your clients and what your contracts involve or whatever but I find for most of my clients as long as I get the work done they don't care it doesn't matter if I work um you know start work at midday and finish work at midnight really like as long as uh I get jobs done when I say I'm going to get them done so I think um really don't sacrifice on those flexible work hours that you can have working from home. And, you know, if a friend is in town and invites you out to lunch or, you know, your partner wants to take you out for brekkie or something like that, like don't sacrifice on being able to do that and that flexibility because there are, like Josh said, there are some cons from working from home, like with potentially the distractions um, or not having that social outlet if you um, sort of are living at home by yourself. No, it's so true. That's the beauty about what we do as freelance web designers and graphic designers is, is you said it, Emma, as long as you get your work done, no one, no one cares. Like you don't have a boss, like in a corporate setting where you have to clock in and clock out. If you can get your crap done in three hours, get it done in three hours and then go enjoy yourself. That is Mm -hmm. absolutely okay. And I, I worked through a lot of guilt in my early years as a freelancer because I'm a blue collar dude through and through. Like I, I was a cabinet maker for seven years. It kind of runs in my blood to work Monday through Friday at certain, you know, certain hours. And I remember when I first got started, if I wasn't behind my computer screen working between 8 a.m. and like 4 p.m., I felt weird. I just <laughs> felt like I was being lazy and I felt really weird. And and I've learned to just get over that. Like there are times where I, you know, I do work full days or somewhat full days depending on the segments. But then there are times where we just have a lot going on with the girls or like every Friday, uh, as an example, every Friday now we have swim lessons for the girls. That's at 1130. So I only work half days on Fridays. I don't start working until about one on Friday. And then I usually stop about four. So I generally work a few hours to end the week. Um, that was kind of weird to get used to, but there, as long as I get the work done, it's fine. And, and again, there are some times where instead of working from eight to three or eight to four, I might log in in the evening if I get a little bit of downtime to do some stuff. And I, I just make sure that doesn't conflict with family time. But um, that's the beauty of this kind of sk- the schedule and the freedom that we have. But you definitely have to, you have to embrace the responsibility because on the opposite side of freedom is responsibility. So that gets into a lot of other things with this because you do have a lot of power. And I think... Um, I don't know if we have this in the, in the list coming up, but setting like days for certain tasks are big too. That's one thing that's really helped me is with this freedom, you don't have to be open 24 seven for your clients. You can schedule call days or mm-hmm. like I do that with my podcast. I only do calls on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays. 
Uh, only do, I only do calls, like live Q&As with my audience or anything like that, unless there's a rare situation where somebody uh, requests a, an odd day or something. That's very rare. So I have my call days and web designers can do that too. I learned to do that as a web designer before I sold my agency, I would have certain times. And then if a client called me at 5.30 at night, I wouldn't get back to them until the next day because I wasn't on, I wasn't on then. So mm-hmm. you can set those parameters and set your your tasks and the things you do around your schedule for what works for you. I just want to encourage everybody, that's okay. If you're watching Star Wars on a Tuesday afternoon with your daughter or something, it feels a little weird, but it's all right. I'm, I'm probably right there with you. Um, I find as long as I'm just like uh, let my clients know, like I have an autoresponder, and since I've had this autoresponder that sort of lets them know my work hours or at least tells them like, hey, I've got your email this is my typical response time um, and here's some other information that can help you. That's really helped because um, I, I even have on there, I might not get back to them for two business days. Like that's just where I am at at the moment. And people don't care as long as they know that. You can't, you can't be distracted when you're trying to be creative or you're doing sort of some really heavy um, brain work, you know, so limiting those distractions, which is... Um, I'm saying that because I'm looking at the next point, which is actually about limiting distractions. Um, so this is when you're um, when you're when you're at home. There's a lot of distractions around just you know looking at the house and thinking I need to clean that or something. But then there's also notifications um, and just other noises and things going on. Like my dogs can be a real distraction when I hear them barking or playing in the background or things like that. So. Um, ways to sort of limit distractions. First and foremost is trying to remove as many notifications as you can. Um, So one thing I do is I turn off notifications on my emails um, and I only check my emails a couple of times a day. I also have like a pause function on my emails. So new emails won't come into my inbox except for designated times of the day. So if I have to go to my inbox to like refer to an email that a client sent or something for a project I'm working on, I'm not going to get distracted by all these new emails coming through. Yeah, I totally agree. Notifications, huge. Just turn off all your notifications. There At this point, it's freaking 2021. There's no reason. You should need to be notified for anything in real time, generally. You mm-hmm. can check your email when you want to check your email. You can check your Facebook and your Instagram when you want to check it. Like, There's no reason to get dinged when somebody likes a photo. It's just, it's, that's such a dated um, approach to just living life that's just going to stress you out if that's already you. So like, mm-hmm. I'm, that was game-changing for me. Same thing with email, you know, everything from a business perspective and a personal perspective, limiting those notifications, turning those off. Um, and then, like you said, the distraction. So what's been interesting is, as you mentioned, I launched my web design club. My web design club is with a platform called Circle. And it's very, you've seen it, Emma, it's very much like a Facebook group meets mm-hmm. Slack, kind of because it's like in channels and stuff. But it's very clean, very minimalistic. And what's been really cool is it has all the functions of an online community without any of the fluff or distractions. So I'm really considering moving all of my course groups into different circle kind of threads or setting something up that's off of Facebook. And actually more and more of my students are signing up for Facebook accounts just to join the club, just to, to join the group. I mean, uh, these mm-hmm. Facebook groups that are students of my courses. So I'm definitely, I, I'm looking, I'm really looking into that hard this year to just really take the whole distraction thing, you know, to a whole other level with combating that. Cause it is mm-hmm. a problem. It's, it, 
I was going to say stateside, but it's worldwide. Everyone's so polarized right now, and it's just so easy to get into this trap of getting on Facebook. And then, and then not even that, but then there's ads, and then there's stuff that's cool that you want to look at. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not against Facebook, but it definitely, there needs to be a line between business and personal when it comes yeah. to social media, because it's really dangerous. So um, I'm definitely much more interested in forums and things that are outside of social media networks to limit the distractions. And uh, as you were talking about, there's physical distractions. So having a place, like I know not everyone has an opportunity to have a home office. If you do make, make a home office, make it your own. Um, but I remember like even now, a lot of times I'm doing work elsewhere in the house. Shoot, I'm still recovering from my, ne- my knee surgery, as I mentioned to you right now. So I- I'm in my office doing this interview with you, but throughout the day, I've been on the couch with headphones in and been on the bed for a little bit with my leg up with headphones in. Like there are ways to kind of center yourself in your own little workspaces without being too terribly distracted, although it's difficult with a big family. But yeah, do what you can to limit those distractions. It's, it's absolutely key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit it took me up until probably about two years ago. So a good eight years into working from home before I was like, oh, I'm going to turn my spare room into an office. <laughs> I used to just work at my dining table um, or then I'd sort of created my own stand up desk on top of like a, a hutch thing that I had. Um, and then when I finally moved into this room I have now, my spare room, and turned into my office and I could close the door, oh, my goodness, like so much better. I just feel so much more productive when I'm in here. But on top of that, I can then close the door when I walk out of the workday and my work's done. And I don't get distracted by looking at my desk and thinking, oh, yeah, I have to do that. So it's really created that that physical separation, but also that sort of mental separation in my mind where that's work and that's leisure time. So do you ever um, do any coffee shop work or any, do you ever go to coffee shops for work? Uh, not really. I find I get too distracted. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. The only reason I say that is I, I do certain tasks at coffee shops. I love to get out to particularly if I'm like writing or if I'm in my web design club talking with students and stuff, that's, those are the kind of things I like doing there. But when it comes to anything art related or creative or design, I do that in my office and of course mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. So yeah, I, even for that's the, again, it just depends, depends on what you like and what you're into. And I think uh, for people who like myself, who do enjoy getting out of the house to get some stuff done, definitely utilize those opportunities if you're productive and, and mm-hmm. if you like that. I, like I said, I, Coffee shops for me are amazing for writing. I can get so much done in a couple hours. I hate writing in my office. I cannot write. Mm. For some reason in my office, it just doesn't generally go as well. I can write elsewhere, but my office is for like a productivity and stuff. But when it comes to um, a lot of high-level writing, yeah, I don't like to do it in my office as much. But again, kind of work whatever works for you. For many years, like well over five years, I think I kind of treated my job a little bit a little bit like a hobby, like a little bit. I was kind of just like not taking it too seriously. I sort of like plateaued on um, how much I was earning and it was comfortable and, you know, I was a single girl and I didn't need much money, so it was like fine, um, you know, no children or anything like that. And then as I was sort of starting to get older, I was like, oh, maybe like what I'm earning now isn't really reflective of what um, – of you know my skills and also my age I guess as you get older you know you feel like you should be earning a little bit more than you were at 25 um so um yeah investing in my setup and stuff really helped me think okay yeah like I'm I'm 
I'm legit now and I can charge, um, I can feel confident charging when I'm charging. Yeah, it's definitely a mindset. Like it helps you when you're in an office where like it looks legit and you feel legit. It just helps you. And the same could be said for a lot of other aspects too. Like, you know, I... I love working in a t-shirt and, and cozy pants, but I, I do try to not work in what I was like sleeping in because that's a whole nother, you know, it's like, it feels good just to, even if you get dressed in other different cl- cozy clothes, it's a mindset thing. So the same mm-hmm. can be true with, with office for sure is, or even a workspace. Like when I first started, I was in my dad's basement. I had the whole basement. I had my couch and my TV on one side. I had my bed on the other side. In the middle, I had my electric drum set and my desk with my computer. But my <laughs> desk with my computer was like my workspace. So it was still, you know, a very many works. And it definitely reflected what I was making compared to what I'm making now. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, your office can make a big difference in your mentality, which that's, I mean, the mind is where everything starts. So how you feel is how well your work is going to go and how well your business is going to do. So do whatever mm-hmm. you need to do to, to feel good, for sure. Another one, uh, point that I had that I think is really important is to try to find a community. Um Working from home is one of those things where you don't have, obviously, those office uh, friendships or that camaraderie or that social outlet. Um, As a lot of people obviously discovered uh, last year, it is now, in 2020 when COVID hit and all of a sudden so many people are working from home and feeling quite isolated. Um, So making sure that you can find, you have some kind of social outlet. So there's a whole bunch of things you can do. Obviously, if you have hobbies or you like to, you know, exercise or whatever it might be, having something that you like physically go to on a regular basis can really help. Um, I know I'm quite introverted. I don't like socializing too much, um, but just having like, I, I like to go to Pilates. So just having that to go to a few times a week just gets me like out of the house and like talking to people and, you know, finding out what's actually going on in the world rather than just being in my little bubble. Um, but then also having like, there's so many online communities as well. So like, um, Facebook groups, obviously. Um, Josh and I both have Facebook groups, but there's heaps of Facebook groups out there um, for uh, designers or web designers, um, or pretty much anything you're interested in, even like sausage dog groups. I'm part of them. So like you can be in any kind of group just to have that social outlet, but having one uh, or a couple that are focused on what you do can be really great for support and bouncing ideas off as well because you don't have um, the typical workmate situation that you would have in an office. Yeah, there's. I feel like there's kind of three different levels of any sort of community. At, like you mentioned, it could be something unrelated to work, whether it's just hobbies or friends or whatever, or church or non, you know, uh, any sort of nonprofit groups or something. But then there's, and obviously it's harder now with COVID still going on, but uh, anytime you can get out and actually see a real person is still amazing compared to anything virtual. We do what we can, but most of the world is what we're doing now with Zoom calls or or in these groups. But the other aspect is more business related. So yeah, like you said, Emma, there's a plethora of Facebook groups out there. I have one and you have one. And those are really good. The only problem with those is it's not like your tribe necessarily. You'll get a lot of different people, particularly my group. My main Divi group is almost 23,000 people. So wow. like I don't even, I honestly don't spend much time in there anymore. Like I still manage it, but I'm much more focused on my tribe, like my students and, and my course groups. And then on my membership and my membership, the kind of the third level 
is like-minded people. This, these would be like mastermind groups or people that you're you're on the same trajectory with them. You might not be at the same place. Like my my web design club has people who are really early on and to really established web designers earning high six figures. So it's like it's a mix of people, um, but the like-mindedness is there. So like you can post a question in my membership and you'll get the best answer. Whereas if you post that question in a 23,000 group per uh, group, uh, I don't know for sure what kind of answer you're going to get because that's a lot of people. You just, there's going to be some bad apples in there. So I think having a mix of the three is huge. Doing something outside of, you know, work and, and actually, you know, in person, ideally having, there's plenty of free versions with groups because I'm a part of several Facebook groups that I'll hop in every once in a while. But then having some type of group that is more premium because that will challenge you. If you're in a premium group, it will challenge you to make the most of it. And you're going to get so much more out of it mm -hmm. if it's something you are, you're paying to be there. So I do really encourage all web designers and graphic designers to, to look for something like that because it is such a worthwhile investment. So I wanted to... Um, run through uh, a few sort of quick questions with you just to see where uh, we're both at with these things. So the first one is, do you have lunch at your desk or do you sort of exit the office? I do not eat lunch at my desk. I, mm -hmm. I do all my eating uh, at the at the dinner table usually uh, mm -hmm. or on the couch, depending on what we're having. Yeah, we I, I've never eaten in my office. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever have. I, I've always been about getting out of my office for a little bit to eat. Yeah. Oh, good on you. I only probably, again, in the last couple of years have been intentional about not eating at my desk. Um, and I really, I find that nice. I like to have like a set sort of, this is my lunch break. And then either you eat at the dinner table or even go out in the veranda and have my lunch there. And I find that um, makes me sort of just keep things a little bit separate and actually take that time away from my computer. Because if I eat at my desk, I just keep working and I don't even notice the delicious food that I'm eating. So... Yeah, I also do. I usually always walk my dog at lunch or around the time usually. So it's usually take a break for lunch, walk my dog. And that's usually my podcast time too. I might throw a podcast on for 15, 20 minutes. And, mm -hmm. and that's a nice little break. And then I get back to it. Uh, next question. Do you get dressed for work or not? I think we kind of hit it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's changed over the years, particularly with, with the girls and stuff. Like I used to always wear jeans and a button up for a little while just to really... I was also uh, working with a lot more corporate clients back then. So when I would do calls and stuff, I'd, I would, I ju it just kind of seemed to suit where I was at. Whereas now I'm all about, you know, keeping it pretty cozy and pretty chill. The big thing is, is like I said, I will always at least get changed. I never start working in the clothes that I just woke up in. There's nothing mm -hmm. worse than having undone hair and, you know, shaggy <laughs> clothes and you're, you're trying to get through email. So I at least get something on that I feel good in. And it might be too, like in, in summer months here, Sometimes I'll like, I'll take a run earlier in the afternoon and then I'll follow up with maybe an hour of work. So I might just, you know, I might have gym shorts on and a t-shirt or, uh, but it kind of depends on the task too. If I'm doing calls with my students or if I'm doing like a live Q and A, I might put on something that's a little nicer than just a regular t-shirt. But uh, mm -hmm. these days I wouldn't count on it. It's, it's much more, <laughs> it's much comfort is more important than anything in our stage of life currently. <laughs> Um, we kind of touched on this already as having a clearly defined, having clearly defined work hours. Yeah. So I, I don't as much now, I used to, I used to be much more strict about that, but what's interesting is I make way more than I used to. And I do it with where, I mean, I probably honestly 
work on average 30 to 35 hours a week at most. Some weeks mm-hmm. I only work 25. There are, okay, you know, if I'm like building a course or if there's something big going on, I might have longer days, but on average it's, it's 30 to 35 at mm-hmm. most. So uh, the big thing with that though, is it's just, it's the blocks. And in some cases I don't even work it that much depending on what the work segments look like. So um, I don't necessarily have the the work hours, but I do have clearly defined goals for the week and for the day. And I have clearly defined days on when I do, when I do certain tasks, like I said, when mm-hmm. scheduling calls or stuff like that, because you, you have to have somewhat of a structure, whatever that looks like for, for you, you still have to have some of that structure. But I do have mm-hmm. general times. I generally work like usually after my, me and my family at breakfast. That's when I do my biggest segment of the day. And then it's usually lunch. And then I'll usually do a segment you know, after that. And then depending on what's going on with the girls or whatever, uh, I'll kind of work around that. And then sometimes occasionally uh, a segment here or there in the evenings, uh, just a short segment, depending on what the day looks like. Um, and last, a quick question. Do you, I read this the other day and I don't have this yet, but do you have a transition routine for when, you know, you go into work and when you leave work? I would love, I'm glad you clarified that because I wasn't exactly sure what this question meant. So that's <laughs> interesting. Um, I think the biggest thing that has helped me transition from like work mode, I guess this is in reference to like work mode and life mode. Um, There's a quote. I'm going to give this quote to you early. I'm going to talk about this in the designer boss uh, summit coming up here soon. This has been like one of the major keys for me in in life. And it, it goes like this, wherever you are, be there. So if you're working, work. If you're on social media, enjoy that for a little bit. But then transition. If you're with your family, be with your family. And I, this is really hard. who is working and constantly thinking about vacation and then you're on vacation and you can't stop thinking about work mm-hmm. or like i remember a couple of years ago i was watching a hockey game i was email i was doing some email my wife was telling me something and i was on the floor with my 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 daughter at the time it was just our one daughter and i realized i didn't catch what the heck was going on in the game it took me a half an hour to get done something that would take five minutes normally if, in my work segment, I didn't get to really spend time with my girl and I had no idea what my wife just said. So it was like a total failure <laughs> because I was just, I was multi, like multitasking is actually, I, I, so I have a big beef with multitasking. I think it's, I think people are finding out that it's kind of a sham mm-hmm. um, and that if you focus on one task at a time, that will pay off so much more in the long run and you'll mm-hmm. just feel more balanced going back to this whole talk. You'll just feel more mentally clear and more balanced and you won't feel as stressed. You won't feel as all over the place. And it all goes back to just being there doing what you're doing. So mm-hmm. probably a long winded answer to, to the transition, but that definitely has helped me because like this podcast, I'm doing this after this, I'm done after this, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm transitioning to family time. And uh, this particular evening, I'm not going to log on at all. I've got a lot done today, so I don't need to, to log on. I'm, I'm done and mm-hmm. I won't be on until tomorrow morning. So 
Uh, yeah, that uh, transition is just about mentally switching from one compartment to another. So for everyone listening, you can probably see why I've been a fangirl of Josh for years now. Um, you're always so open and honest and happy to share not only your advice, but also your stuff ups, the things that um, you've done wrong in the past and save us making those same mistakes ourselves. So thank you. Um, if anyone is keen to learn from, uh, Josh and for free, then definitely grab your free ticket to our upcoming designer boss summit. There'll be a link in the show notes. And I know Josh's presentation last year was one of the highlights. It was definitely one of my favorites. So you'll definitely want to check out his new one this year. So Josh, if any, if anyone's interested in uh, working with you or finding out more about you, where can they find you and connect with you online? Yeah. So my website is joshhall.co.co. So all my stuff's there. You can check out my podcast, tutorials, and if anyone is interested in uh, any uh, particular, any of my courses that, you know, really keen in on a certain area of web design, you're welcome to scan through those to see if any look like a good fit. And you, feel free to message me. Anyone can contact me for any questions. I'm always happy to, to answer some questions for folks, particularly those of you who are transitioning into web design, because I, I definitely love helping people out. So yeah, just go to the website. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to the, the summit here. I, I'm going to be talking about uh, running a web design agency, but keeping your sanity. Uh, so actually, some of the points we talked about today will make their way in there uh, w- with, you know, because a lot of people talk about growth and numbers, but there's not too many people talking about like doing it while staying balanced and healthy. So really excited mm-hmm. about that. Awesome. I can't wait. been listening to the designer boss podcast with anna dower and emma kate if you'd like to learn more about us and our upcoming digital summit for graphic and web designers head to our website designerboss.co